A new verdict in a major court case around the commissions for real estate agents and brokerages has been handed down. So will this reshape how homes are bought and sold in the United States? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, Israel said its forces have surrounded Gaza as Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu seeks control over the area. Plus, U.S. Supreme Court is leaning towards allowing domestic violence gun curbs. But first... A new verdict in a major court case could reshape how homes are bought and sold. A jury recently found that real estate agents and brokerages kept their commissions artificially high. For more, let's bring in James Rodriguez, the senior real estate reporter with Insider. Thanks so much for joining me today. So for people who may not have followed this case, what is it all about and why could it be a really big deal? So today, when you list your home for sale, typically you're going to list it on a multiple listing service, which is basically a local database where agents can see which homes are available, how much they are listed for. And the case was really about the National Association of Realtors controls the vast majority of these MLSs. And the plaintiffs in this case, representing a huge class of home sellers in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas, were saying that basically the NAR uses the rules of the MLS to unfairly charge high agent commissions. And they do this by requiring that when you list your home on the MLS, you promise to not only pay the seller's agent, but also the buyer's agent as well. And, uh, you know, those, those commissions are typically negotiable, but the uh, plaintiffs were arguing that sellers are basically forced to pay the standard two and a half and 3% to the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. And the stakes in this are really high. Basically, uh, last week we saw a jury hand down a $1.8 billion verdict against the National Association of Realtors, as well as a couple of the biggest brokerages in the United States. And they're basically pushing for a model in which just the buyer pays their agent separately and the seller pays their agent separately. And that could have huge ramifications for how we buy and sell homes today. Is this verdict a wake-up call for real estate agents? So these laws have been kind of simmering in the background for a while. They were actually filed in 2019. And so this was the first of two cases to reach a jury trial. The second one, Merle versus National Association of Realtors, is actually a a much bigger case. Damages in that case could actually stretch north of $40 billion. And so a lot of agents really haven't been paying attention to uh, what this trial could basically mean. But uh, it it really is a wake-up call for agents right now because basically if the idea is if you have buyers paying their agents separately and sellers paying their agents separately, that buyers, you know, they're already trying to come up, come up with money for a down payment. They have all these other fees baked into their home purchase. They might not choose to pay a real estate agent at all, or they might choose to bargain down commission significantly, maybe just pay their fee the hour. And so that could really drive down agent commissions. Um, you might also see sellers with this around commissions looking to negotiate those down as well. So it really could take a huge bite out of uh, agents' earnings. And then, of course, you have the damages in this case, which is $1.8 billion. That's going to be automatically tripled to more than $5 billion. So uh, the NAR and, and these brokerages are on the hook for a lot of money, and they're going to be appealing. But this is a process that's going to take a couple of years to play out, at least. 
It's been a wild time for residential real estate. Is this another historical moment in the financial world of the U.S. housing market? Yeah, I spoke with one consumer advocate with the Consumer Federation of America. He's been covering real estate for more than 30 years, and he called this the biggest watershed moment that he's seen in his time uh, working in real estate. And really, it's not just about this one case. Like I mentioned, there's the bigger case that's likely going to go to trial in 2024. You have other cases being filed now. I think what you're seeing is there's been so much angst around the housing market and home prices, and, and both buyers and sellers have felt like they've been forced to pay unnecessarily high agent commissions as well. Now, of course, on the other hand, you have agents who are facing tough times with fewer home sales. They're saying that they have all kinds of costs themselves that they need to pay. And so they uh, they said the current system is the most efficient way of selling homes right now. But really, I mean, it is a it is a huge moment and you could really see the way that agents are paid. You could, you could see huge changes in that and um, that impacts not only buyers and sellers, but also you know, the entire industry. Thank you so much for uh, providing that insight. It's definitely something we want to continue to watch. Thank you for having me. Israel said its forces have now surrounded Gaza. This comes as Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is seeking security control over Gaza. Israel gave civilians still trapped inside Gaza City a four-hour window to leave on Tuesday, saying its forces have surrounded the city and are poised to attack. It's part of their campaign to annihilate the Hamas Islamists who attacked Israeli towns a month ago. Gazans were seen heading south on foot to flee the city on Tuesday. Nassim Eldada is one of them. We don't know where we are going. We are heading south, as they told us to do. We are walking and don't know where we will go. To go to schools, to sleep on the streets, to sleep at people's places, only God knows. The Israeli military posted a video on social media of what it said were Palestinians holding white flags as they moved south in a line. Hamas said the army had forced the people in the video to act that way to humiliate them. Gaza's interior ministry says 900,000 Palestinians are still sheltering in northern Gaza, including Gaza City. Some of them have sought refuge in Al Shifa Hospital. Tents are set up as shelters outside, while mattresses fill the hallways, staircases and even rooftops. Gaza's health ministry said on Monday an airstrike hit a building in the hospital complex, something Israel denies. Fatia Shabir is one of those living there. This is Al-Shifa Hospital. A rocket hit the heart of Al-Shifa. This killed the children, the innocent and the poor people who were displaced from their homes. All of Gaza was displaced. Look, the rockets targeted us over there. There is no safety, neither in Al-Shifa nor in refuge camps or inside homes or on the streets. But we are steadfast until our last day. We call on God's name every day. We are martyrs. Volker Turk, the United Nations Human Rights Commissioner, said on Tuesday that he is extremely worried about the situation in Gaza. And it is really important that a solution is found to end the violence and to get out of this horrible, horrible humanitarian and human rights situation for what's happening in Gaza.
The UN humanitarian office said services in the enclave are close to breaking point without fuel supplies. The interior ministry there said without those fuel supplies, all bakeries in the north were out of service. And Paris-based NGO Doctors Without Borders called for a ceasefire in Gaza on Tuesday, saying the situation was catastrophic for the civilian population. Both Israel and Hamas have rebuffed calls for a halt in fighting. Israel says hostages should be freed first. Hamas says it will not free them or stop fighting while Gaza is attacked. U.S. Supreme Court justices appeared inclined to uphold the legality of a federal law that makes it a crime for people under domestic violence restraining orders to have guns. This is the latest major case to further expand gun rights. There is no doubt in my mind that if my abuser was able to get their hands on a gun, the stab wound on my chest that I look at every morning would have been a gunshot wound and I would not be standing in front of you all today. Domestic abuse survivor Taria Stanley joined other gun safety advocates outside the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday to urge the justices to uphold a law that makes it a crime for people under domestic violence restraining orders to have guns. Inside the court, the justices appeared inclined to do so, as they heard arguments in an appeal by the Biden administration after a lower court struck down the federal law as a violation of the Constitution's Second Amendment. I mean, responsible presents all sorts of problems. Some of the conservatives on the court, including Chief Justice John Roberts, at times questioned whether people who are not law-abiding and responsible may be barred from possessing guns. But some of their questions signaled openness to finding the law in harmony with the right to keep and bear arms by applying a standard that would disarm people deemed dangerous. You don't have any doubt that your client's a dangerous person, do you? Your Honor, I would want to know what dangerous person means. At well, the I moment, mean, someone who's shooting, uh, uh, you know, at people, uh, that's a good start. So, so it, <laughs> that's fair. The case involves Zaki Rahimi, a Texas man who pleaded guilty to illegally possessing guns while under a restraining order for assaulting his girlfriend. Prosecutors said he participated in five shootings in 2020 and 2021, but the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals threw out his guilty plea and prison sentence. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogger, representing the Biden administration, made the point early on that the presence of a gun increases the likelihood a domestic abuse incident will turn deadly. Guns and domestic abuse are a deadly combination. As this court has said, all too often, the only difference between a battered woman and a dead woman is the presence of a gun. Armed abusers also pose grave danger to police officers responding to domestic violence calls and to the public at large, as Zaki Rahimi's own conduct shows. The top court has taken an expansive view of the Second Amendment and has broadened gun rights in three landmark rulings since 2008. But Professor Joseph Bloker of Duke University's School of Law said that the questions from justices indicated that they were receptive to the government's arguments. 
Based on what we heard today, I would be surprised if the government doesn't win in one way or another. That is, I would be surprised if the court lets the Fifth Circuit's decision stand as it is written today. Um, and I base that, uh, you know, on the, the questions from Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, the Chief Justice, um, uh, Justice Barrett. Uh, I think just putting all of them together gets to seven justices, at least, who seemed pretty sympathetic with the government's argument about dangerousness. A ruling in Tuesday's case is expected by the end of June. Thanks so much for watching in America Today. I'm Veronica Dudo. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.